Welcome back to Apostolic Anthesis. I'm Pastor Joshua Arendt, and I'm here with Jody Thomas. Hello, everyone. And we have a special visitor with us today, my daughter, Brooklyn. Hey, guys. And um, we're really excited about today's episode. The topic today is the art of conversation. You've been following along during the season two seasons. It's kind of been building one episode on the other. The last two episodes, we started with social media and how it can affect us from relationships to sleep patterns and how we as Christians must use wisdom and discernment when utilizing these platforms, especially in a world where texts are preferred over a phone call and online technology seems to be the go-to way of communicating. So we've created a world that has seemingly lost the art of conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's where today's episode comes in. We want to discuss what it means to have a meaningful face-to-face conversation with someone, how to effectively do so, and how important effective conversational skills are to have. So is the decline of the art of conversation affecting the way we pray? Are we losing the art of conversation with God and with our brothers and sisters? And before we begin, we do want to tell you about another amazing apostolic podcast called Apostolic Truth Today. It is hosted by Derek McGee, who happens to be my cousin. This podcast dives deep into life-changing biblical truths, and it not only talks about these truths, but also covers how to facilitate change in your life using these truths. So go ahead and check it out. We would appreciate it. Derek would definitely appreciate it. Hit the subscribe button, Apostolic Truth Today, and it's available on all of the usual major podcast platforms. Yeah, it's definitely great. I've checked him out several times, and I really appreciate the work that he's Mm -hmm. doing there. And uh, hopefully you'll go help him out, and uh, may the Lord bless him. So diving in on the art of conversation today. So let's let's dive into some stats here. We've done this in the previous episodes, and they're, they're always really interesting. So let's go with the first one. Less than 40% of U.S. households have a landline. Pretty sure that's going to be zero someday. Yeah. And we may regret that, though, right? (laughs) All these people think of, like, world EMPs (laughs) going off or something, but landlines are on their way out. CDC estimates it has to be around 36.7 as of December last year in 2020. So pre-pandemic, the average phone call was about 3 minutes and 15 seconds. And there was less than five personal phone calls being made per day. Per national cell phone usage statistics, that's what they're saying, it's now estimated that the average person-to-person phone call is about 90 seconds. That's long (laughs) enough to say what you need, and that's it. Mm, A minute and a half. That's it. You got a minute and a half. So over 90% of communication is done via text, email, messaging apps such as Facebook, Messenger, you know, Snapchat or Instagram DMs, right? Mm-hmm. So no one's really talking face to face anymore. Have we lost the ability or the knowledge on how to do so? Have we made communication something we do when it's convenient for us? And has it created a lazy substitute for human contact? I think so. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you don't feel like answering the phone, it's so easy to, to ignore it. Right. Or you know, you see a text and I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not convenient for me to answer you right now because you're gonna talk for an hour and I don't have time. Mm-hmm. We've created that. Yes. Yeah. That is a world we live in in all reality. 
So while digital communication is convenient and overall easy to use, as we've just kind of displayed, it has created a generation that does not know how to effectively speak to someone without being behind a keyboard of some kind. Have you ever had to have, have you ever tried to have a conversation with a 15 year old? Unfortunately. (laughs) No, sometimes it goes good. How'd that go for you? (laughs) Uh, In short words. Right. 90 seconds? Yes. <laughs> People will say anything to others on social media, but they often will intentionally avoid people in person, whether it's someone they know or it's a stranger. They avoid them just so they don't have to actually carry on a conversation. And I recently read a question on a social media post, and this is, this is so true. I read this and it was asking for recommendations on how to make yourself unapproachable in public. Wow. This was actually a question that somebody was asking. How do I make myself unapproachable so people do not come up and speak to me? Which I found so shocking, like that someone was being so blatant about it. Um, The responses were numerous, and they varied from keeping your earbuds in at all times, even if you're not listening to anything, it's just for looks, to just not acknowledging the speaker in any way, to hiding a clove of garlic in your pocket. Are you like afraid of vampires or something? (laughs) I guess if you don't smell appealing, Uh, that would turn somebody off, but that would not turn me off because I am a garlic fiend and I love garlic, so... So people are becoming so antisocial nowadays that they are actually searching and Googling how to become yes. unapproachable. Yes. I literally, it was, I was like, what in the world? So in that vein where people are trying to make themselves unapproachable and unavailable, um, we are losing, as we've said, the face-to-face conversations. And with that loss of reduction in face-to-face conversations, we're losing some things. And we're going to kind of go over a few of them. Um, the first one we want to talk about is empathy. It is more difficult to, quote-unquote, tell someone about themselves to their face. It's easier to do behind a keyboard. You know, keyboard warriors. You say, I've got, yeah, I've got a few of them in my days. Yeah. Yeah, but when you're facing, when you're face-to-face with someone, it's often much more difficult. I mean, not that it's not possible, but we're losing empathy for people when we're not face-to-face with them. Those keyboard warriors come out when you're gaming. That's not your guys' world, (laughs) but in my world it is. (laughs) There's mighty men on games. True, true. Um, We're also losing the ability to accurately read facial and body cues um, because our brains are highly sensitive to changing facial expressions and body language, neither of which we will see in an online communication. So we are losing the ability to determine how the other person is receiving what's being said. Amen to this. Now, this is something I know my daughter and I both struggle with, and it's not us reading people but being misread. Because we both have what we call angry resting faces, <laughs> and people yes. will look at our body language and think, "What are you? What are you mad about? Like, like, what's got you upset?" And we're like, "I'm not. I'm not. Back off! Like, yeah, <laughs> stop misreading me. Like, right. let's have a conversation first, and then you'll know how I feel by the art of conversation, right? Instead yeah. of just judging my angry resting face. Yes. My daughter probably has a better a better resting face than me, but." <laughs> Mm -hmm. So the next thing we want to talk about is vocabulary. 
um, remember when we were in elementary school and in throughout the years of school, we always had those vocabulary word lists. We had to learn oh, yeah. spelling word. That's horrible, Adam. Right. So in all the expansive English vocabulary that we have available to us, it is often dumbed down in today's speak as we use the use of the words, the use of OMG. We speak yeah. in acronyms, right. tech speak. Um, YOLO. YOLO, right. <laughs> that's cap. shirt that says YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> that's cap. What, what is that's cap? Brooke, explain that to me. Well, actually, it took me a long time to learn what that's cap. All, my, all our youth boys had to teach me. Mm -hmm. If you say that's cap, I believe that means someone's lying. Yes. If you say no cap, that means truth. Right. Like <laughs> if you say something and be like no cap. That means I'm telling the truth. Yeah, like, yeah. no cap. I'm not capping. Like what your son says, facts. Yeah, it's facts. <laughs> right. That's cap is a lie, and, and no cap is the truth. Yes. yes. <laughs> no so old, Right. So older generations often do not know these acronyms and tech speak, so communication and understanding that communication is lost. Apparently, I'm an older generation. Right. I don't know what I have to have my son what, interpret what cap is. a lot of things he says. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we are losing, I think, also with the reduction in face-to-face -face conversations and communication, we're losing the true friendships. Yeah. We've created a lot of online connections. Um, we have a lot of people connected to us on social media. There are acquaintances, but they're not meaningful, true friendships. Sure. We discuss, post what we've had for dinner, funny memes, pictures of our pets, but we rarely are talking to someone about their day, how they are feeling, or what is on their mind. Communication is primarily one-sided, yeah. and we have to remember that our closest friends and family members actually do like to hear from us. Well, some of them do. Well, <laughs> you know, it differs by day. <laughs> I would see them in person and I could actually read their body language, then I might be able to actually know if they're sincere on wanting to hear from me or right. not. Right. Um, that's awesome. Are you hurry and put your earbuds in? <laughs> yes, yes. That, that's so many friendships, like, like you said, that are, you know, we, we created online. We think they're our friends and they're not. Right. They, they, they right. might know, like you said, they, they might know what we've had for dinner, but do they know what we're going through? Right. Right. That's a friend online is not a friend. We need to just like change that word to an acquaintance. Like, right. like I have, you know, a follower is not a friend. No, it isn't. A friend can be a follower, mm -hmm. but it's not by default. A follower is not a friend. So the art of conversation, how do we engage in meaningful conversation then? And, and what does it mean to process the art of conversation? So if we want to master the art of conversation, we must become what we call an active listener. And there's this Dutch writer, and he's a professor, and his name is Henry Nguyen. And he wrote this, and I thought it was really good. This is a quote from Henry. He says, listening is much more than allowing another to talk while waiting for a chance to respond. And I think we've all talked to those mm -hmm. people that as you're talking to them, you can see their lips quivering and their eyes twitching. They're waiting for their window. They, just, yeah. they want that. Yeah, you're right. They want that window to just jump in. So this is what he says. Listening is much more than allowing another to talk while waiting for a chance to respond. The beauty of listening is that those who are listened to start feeling accepted and start taking their words more seriously and discovering their own true selves. 
So listening is a form of spiritual hospitality by which you invite strangers to become friends. Mm. I thought that's so good. That's yeah, very that's good. good. That if we become active listeners and we really pay attention to what people are telling us, we are inviting these strangers to become our mm -hmm. friends. And I know that we struggle making friends nowadays because we text everybody or we right. DM everybody, right? Right. So, so in, superficial. In order to make friends, we first must show ourselves friendly, right? Yes. By listening. So we often think that we are listening, but we're actually, and I know I'm guilty of this, we're actually just considering how to jump in and tell our own story, offer our own advice, or even make a judgment. In other words, we're not listening to understand, but rather to reply. That's so good. Yeah. So I'm going to say that again. When we listen to people, are we listening to understand what they're saying, the story they're telling, or the situation they're in, or the things they're going through? Or are we listening just so we can reply? Mm. Becoming an active listener begins with listening to understand rather than replying to them. So let's go through some things of how to become an active listener. So for starters, how about this? Right off the bat, this is an easy one. If you want to become an active listener, the percentage of listening time in a conversation needs to be greater than the percentage of time that you're talking. So in a conversation, we should do more listening than talking. Mm -hmm. That's how you become an active listener, you know, number one. Because there's research that shows that only about 10% of people listen effectively. That is a low number. Well, after some meetings today, I would say it's probably at 2%. <laughs> right. So the, also there's other research that has shows that active listening helps us focus on understanding others and also improves our relationship by promoting trust, reducing conflict, and increasing our ability to motivate and inspire those of whom we're communicating to. So listening to people's stories along with sharing our own can prompt us to put our attention into another person's world, which then cultivates mm -hmm. connection. So if we want to connect with people, if we want to make friendships with people, we've got to become an active listener. Right. Another thing to become an active listener, the, the second thing we can do is practice it. And we're going to do a little exercise here in a minute on this. So we can practice listening to one another and not just waiting for our window, as Jody said, mm. of opportunity to just chime right in. Right. The third thing we can do is start from a place of an open-mindedness. Many times we're only listening to see what advice we can give. So we need to try to avoid that pattern. Yeah. yeah. When we're listening, like, okay, now how, what can I say to help this person? Maybe what they're not even to... coming to you for advice. Right. You, right. They just want you to listen to them. Right. So this pattern of always thinking, like, you're the great, wonderful counselor, right? Dear Abby. That's the Lord. Yeah, dear Abby. That's excellent. <laughs> Instead, try to focus more on what the person is saying and less on our own interpretation. I think that's really good. Yeah. Fourth thing we can do is be aware of our body language, our tone, um, uncross our arms, make eye contact with the person, lean in, etc. And here's another really good one that's important is relax your gaze. This is with your eyes. The idea behind active listening is not to strain your eyes or concentrate too hard. 
You ever talk to somebody and they're just like beady eyed, glaring at you? And you're like, you're like, what? Do I, do I have something hanging out of my nose? I got, I got a piece of food stuck in my teeth. So relax your gaze. Don't concentrate too hard, but to be aware of the speaker in a natural and focused way. And this is where you definitely avoid distractions here. You know, put your phone down. Stop mm. looking at who walks by. Right. Uh, that's one of my pet peeves, you know, in church. When you bump into people at camp meeting or you bump at people at a conference or at service and you're talking with somebody and they're looking past you. Be- yeah, behind you. Who's walking yes. by. Right. Waiting for someone more important than me to come I along. I try to be so <laughs> self-conscious about that to not do that, to be an active listener with people yeah. because I don't appreciate it when, when it's done to right. me. And I know that they feel the same as well. As well. So the fifth thing we can do here to become an active listener is to remember that it's not about us. It's not about you. Right. Don't turn every conversation into one about ourself. You always have, you ever have those conversations with people that when you're trying to tell them something and they're like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. Mm -hmm. And then for the next 20 minutes, you're listening to how it happened to them. And it's like, okay, well. That's great, but I was trying to tell you about my, you know, they all, everything you've done or experienced, they've also got the same experience. Right. One of the times I always seem to notice this, and I've really tried to make a conscious effort to pay attention to this, is when people go on vacations and you ask them, hey, how'd your vacation go? A lot of times people want to know your vacation so they can tell you where they've been or, you know, to help you. And so I've tried when I ask people like, hey, did you have a good time in your vacation? Even if I've been where they're at mm-hmm. to really keep the, well, I've done this or that, or did you try this or go when there? We were to there. A, a very minimum, right? Yeah. So that way, when they're telling this, this trip of their vacation and, and the story of their journey that they just had, that it becomes, um, it's, it's like I said, an active listener, right? A, a friendship is forming, a trust is forming because I care about what their experience You're they sharing had. their experience yeah. instead of telling them all about yours. Yeah. So yeah. it's not about us, right? It's about who we're talking to. Yeah. Um, is part of being an active listener. And one of the last things you can do to really help yourself become an active listener is ask open-ended questions when it's appropriate. And this is cannot be overstated. When you're talking to somebody and they're telling you a story, when it's appropriate, ask them things like, what was that like? That's an Mm -hmm. open-ended question, right? It it just gives them a whole field to just tell you what went down. Or how did did that feel? You know, so that way they can put it in their words. Instead of us trying to interpret what we think they feel, Mm -hmm. if we said, well, that must have felt horrible. Well, that's interpreting their feeling. Instead, don't don't say it that way. Say, well, how did it make you feel? Right. That way you're listening to their response instead of kind of manipulating how they feel with our own interpretation, right? Right. So these are some great ways to go through uh, a process to become an active listener. And like I said, we're going to do a little communication exercise here. And we're going to have Jody and Brooke do this. But this exercise is called the, the how are you exercise. And the way this is going to happen is we'll start with Jody. She's going to ask Brooke how Brooke is. And then, Brooke, you're going to take a little bit of time here. We, we, we took away a, the set time limit because we didn't <laughs> want any awkward silence here in the podcast. But So there's no time limit here. But Brooke's going to spend a minute telling how she feels or how she is and Jody's not allowed to respond verbally she can you know no your listeners you won't see Jody do this but Jody can respond with body language to Brooke and then at the end of that then Jody will repeat what she heard 
well, how she heard Brooke, the state of Brooke is, how she feeling, and then we'll, we'll flip it. Why okay? do I feel like I'm going to fail this? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a test. This is just an exercise. So, Jody, you're going to ask Brooke how she is. How are you today, Brooke? Well, I'm doing pretty good. We just last weekend learned the gender of our baby, and we're having a baby boy. And we're naming him Carson, so we're very excited about that. We're also, my husband became youth pastor a few months ago, so we've been adjusting to being youth leaders, and that's been insanely fun, and we're having a lot of fun learning how to be youth leaders, because I still <laughs> feel like I'm 16, and have no idea what I'm doing, but <laughs> we're getting there. Um, work's been very good. Work's been very easy lately, and um, school is my some summer semester is coming to an end, and fall semester is starting back up. So I'm not excited about that because that just means more classes. But <laughs> overall, everything's pretty good. Now we just await the Carson. <laughs> okay, so. I hear that you are pregnant, you're going to have a boy named Carson, and you're very, very excited about that, which I am too, by the way. Um, you have, you're getting acclimated to being a youth pastor's wife and all that entails, feeling a little bit of out of your element maybe, but it's fun for you, and so you're learning as you go. Work is good for you, pretty even keel there. School is going good. You're ending your summer semester and a little not happy about your fall semester starting. How did I do? I set the bar pretty high. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Jody is really an bad. active listener. <laughs> and that's good. She, she's wonderful. All right, so now we're going we're gonna to flip it. Oh, no. And uh, Brooke, you're going to ask Jody how she's doing, set and the then so you'll res- give her a response back to her. Well, Sister Jody, how are you? I am doing rather well. I just recently transitioned from the place I've been working at for 24 years to um, a new company. And it's been a little challenging. It's been a little frustrating. Speaking of the art of conversation, I feel like other people don't listen like they should. So it's been a little frustrating, but I'm working through that. Um, It's been a very busy week. I've been nothing in meetings and setting up new laptops and getting all kinds of new technology. But you know, I'm I'm very thankful and very feeling very blessed that you know God opened the door for me to get this job because it was a nice salary increase. So we're rejoicing over that. Um, and I just recently got back from visiting my family in Ohio, which I hate Ohio, but my family lives there, so I go. And so You're not we alone there. <laughs> right. So we had a I had a good time. The boys went with me, and we spent the weekend swimming and just hanging out, cooking out, and it was just really relaxing. And I find the older that I get, the more I want to be, visit my family. So I don't know, I'm weird about that or something, but I was looking at pictures today and decided that I wanted to go back. (laughs) And I'm like, it was just there. But overall, I'm doing really well. Good, good. Mm -hmm. So I got that you must must have been tough transition going from a job from 24 years to but you're adjusting and you're enjoying pay raise and then you're learning as you're going and you know has been as you stated earlier tough communication day but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but you're getting there and that 
you had a really good family vacation to where you're already wanting to go back and visit your family, mm-hmm. even though it's in Ohio, mm. land we don't talk about. Right. But, <laughs> right. But you had so much fun that you're already ready to go back. So, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. How'd she do? I should have great. Yeah. as good as you did. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is really good. You, you both did really good. This is the art of conversation. Giving yeah. people uh, the room to talk. And when there's a pause in the conversation does not mean it's a chance to jump in. Perhaps it's the chance to ask a question for the speaker to carry on with the story. Right. True. Instead of just chiming in. Right. So you guys did really good. Kudos to both of you. Um, and there's a lot of other communication exercises out there. You can always research and look up if you want to do that within your youth groups or your church um, or maybe on your teams that you got that you're running among your you know Christian and mm-hmm. things. I think it's really good. You know, the elders of the church, people that are involved with ministering with people. Right. I think it's really important to have a talk about the art of conversation and leadership mm-hmm. because a leader, one of the most important things anybody who's involved in leadership can do is be an active listener yeah. and learn the art of a conversation. So as we do often on this podcast and hopefully every time, we kind of want to take a minute to talk about how the art of conversation relates to us in our Christian walk with God. So I'm going to ask some questions here and, and we can talk about them. But have we learned the art of conversation with our brothers and sisters in the church? Do we actively listen to their prayer requests? When a person raises their hand and says, you know, I've done a test with the doctors and we're hoping for good results. Are we listening to what kind of test it was? Then do we think like, okay, so if they had this kind of test, what type of sickness is that for? Or what kind of ailment is that mm-hmm. test going to uncover or disprove? We need to listen to more than just the prayer request, right? Yeah. Right. Um, of what's going on. Do we actively listen on the flip side of the coin to their victory reports? The good things that's going in. Right. Sometimes in our church, we have gotten into a good habit of promoting people to write victory reports and to read them. But when somebody says victory report, I can easily see how somebody could just like ignore that and just get ready for their, their time to clap because we always clap and applause yeah. on right. victory report and, yeah. and give credit to God, which is good. Right. But have we actually listened to what we're clapping for? Right. right. Yep. Or have we already tuned that out? We need to listen to our brothers and sisters in the church, um, especially if you're involved in ministry or leadership yes. in any, any facet. Um, really listen to those that you're ministering to, the prayer requests that they need in their life, and the good times, the victory reports. So have we learned the art of conversation with God? Now, this is, this is where it kind of gets a little real here, yeah. bringing this around to, to applying this between mm. us and God. So conversing, our prayer time, right, with God is one of the most important facets of our relationship with Him. It is the foundation. Yes. It's when things get personal between us and God. Are we the ones who are doing all the talking when we're conversing with the Lord? Yes. What, so the percentage we said, right? If you're going to become an active listener, you need more, a higher percentage of listening than mm-hmm. speaking. What, just do a self-check here, okay? What is our percentage of talking with God versus listening to God mm. in our prayer time? Or is our prayer time 100% of us speaking and never allowing God to do this talking and us do the when listening. When we're done speaking, we think the conversation's over. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. The art of conversation is is two people going back and forth and being active listeners with one another. Right. So God is the greatest active listener I know. Mm-hmm. True. Hands down. 
He doesn't miss anything. Right. Right. He doesn't forget anything, and he doesn't misconstrue anything. He doesn't get anything wrong. Right. He knows exactly what we mean. Right. Yeah. He knows it before we say it. (laughs) But are we an active listener to God, or do we get wrong what he's trying to say to us? Are we prejudging what God tells us? We form our own opinions before he even says it. That's not end up being a very good listener. Are we listening to the first thing he says and running with it when maybe that, you know, you know, you can like talk to someone and you pick up what the first little nugget and you're like, oh yeah. And you just tune out the rest and you miss, you know, sometimes we, sometimes we can do that with God though too. Absolutely. Like you think he's leading you to go through this door or this path or whatever. Oh, I'm supposed to do this, but maybe it wasn't now. Right. You know, maybe he was, I'm going to lead you there, but, but we just heard, oh, he, I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, a preacher. I'm supposed to be a missionary. I'm supposed to be whatever. And you just run with it and you didn't listen to the rest of what God said. Yeah. I'll never forget the story. Uh, Billy Cole, um, who's passed away, but he, he told it and his wife had a burden Um, one of the cities they loved to visit. He said it was their favorite place to visit. And he said if there was a town in America that he would love to pastor, it would be this place. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, his wife had a dream about this place and that the position of pastor would open up and that they would ask them to come and pastor. And so she told her husband, but she would, you know, she had this dream from God. And so her interpretation of listening to this from God was that it was the will of God they go. And so she told her husband, Billy Cole, you know, hey, you know, God gave me this dream. I think this is what he's saying. You know, and Billy Cole, he, he starts to have an art of conversation with the Lord. Right. And says, Lord, what's this about? And he had to go back to his wife and he said, honey, he said, you know, I love you. And, you know, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or, or discourage you or, you know, embarrass you at all. But, you know, that's not what God wants us to do. She said, but he gave you the dream and the vision of them needing a pastor so that you and I, because we love that place so much and it's so dear to us and you know our desire would be to go there so that because we have a burden for this place, we will pray that God will put the right man in there. Mm. So she heard part of the conversation of God, right? but didn't have the fullness of the conversation. So we can do this with God too, when we need to be an active listener with her, with, with him. God is not a she, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So we need to listen to God. And when he's speaking to us, to fully listen, be an active listening part. Because sometimes when he'll, he'll tell us things, we can't just hear the first syllable he speaks and run and be like, hallelujah. Right. So we, we gotta hear it's the, God's will. Right. We got to <laughs> hear the, you know, the end from the beginning here with, with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So some of the concepts, you know, using what we just discussed with the Lord and with Christianity is to slow down, right, with the Lord, slow mm-hmm. down with our brothers and sisters and our ministries and if we can't hold a conversation with someone for longer than what the estimated was 90 seconds, mm-hmm. how long are we really going to be able to talk to God? Are we praying, you know, on the run as we're flying down the road to the next appointment or the next event in our life? Are we praying long enough to tell God what we want or what we need and then moving on to get up from our knees, you know, even if we knelt at all? Right. Like, Lord, I need this. Okay, in Jesus' name, amen. 
Right. And we're back on Instagram or we're back so in the car. True. You know, but here's the script. Here's the word of God. Second Chronicles 714 says this. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and I'll hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, we've used this scripture many times, and I'm sure you've read it yourself. It's probably been hanging on your, you know, magnet on your fridge in the kitchen. But it says, if my people will, it says, humble themselves, right? But pray and seek. So that is a conversation of length there. That we yeah. have to pray, and we've got to kind of wait on God and seek him. We've got to apply ourselves to right. go after this. Right. To hear from God. It says that if, if people will do that, then he'll hear us from, you know, he will hear from heaven and he'll forgive our, you know, our, our sins and mm-hmm. heal our land and things like that. We'll get, our prayers will get answered, in other words. So we need to slow down, take time to pray to God, to seek him in his word, seek yes. him in his will, and confirm his word. You know, we're all human. Right. Sometimes we just have a clouded mind spiritually and we miss what God says. So we need to have patience and have another conversation if necessary with him. Right. You know, not like, God, are you sure? But uh, Lord, I think I heard you and I want to make sure I listen correctly. Can you confirm this? Right, right. And another thing using um, another topic we talked about is that it's not about all of, it's not, it's not all about us. Ever have that one friend that you really ever hear from unless they need something? (laughs) All of a sudden they're blowing up your phone. Hey, I need this. Hey, I need that. Yeah. Right. We don't like it. And I'm sure God doesn't either. Not every conversation with God has to include something we want from him. That's so true. Right? Ephesians 6.18, it says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So making supplication for the saints is not praying for ourselves; It's praying for others, right? Right. So it's not about all we can get from God, but Lord, you know, help my daughter, help sister Jody, help my wife, help my son, help my family, right? Help brother so-and-so, help sister so-and-so, help this missionary, help this evangelist, you know? Lord, our church needs a a new parking lot. Help that. (laughs) So, And sometimes you don't have to have a prayer request at all. You just want to talk to him, tell him how amazing he is. Amen. That's definitely a vital point of an art of conversation with the Lord is honoring him, worshiping him, mm-hmm. and praising him. You know, but like Ephesians said, it shows that there should be prayer and supplication. Right. right? Not just for ourselves, but for everybody else. Right. And again, in our art of conversation with God, avoid distractions when we're talking with the Lord. When possible, you know, put away, turn off the phone, right? We know the scripture says pray without ceasing. So sometimes we can be praying while we have a phone on our lap or driving down the road. But when we're really just in tune with God, we need to turn off the phones. When right. it vibrates in the middle of our intercession prayer, pick it up, look at it, go, no, that's distracting. Right. You gotta avoid that. that be intentional with right. it. Yep. Get somewhere in your house or wherever you're at, you know, where you can be uninterrupted. Sometimes it's not just phone, it's not just technology. If you've got kids running around, right? You gotta get <laughs> off the bus, you know, or, or is it dinner ready? You know, we, we've gotta pick a good time of prayer, not right. five minutes before the dinner bell. Right. Absolutely. Not yep. throw a pizza in the microwave oven and be like, all right, I got, I got, I got 18 minutes. Let's, let's go pray to the Lord here. <laughs> right. Like, no, we need to get rid of the distractions. And so we can have a good conversation with God. So we have time to have him speak back to right. us. Right. Absolutely. 
yeah. not just do all the talk, right? 18 minutes, we did all the talk, and we're like, all right, God, it, it'll help my me timer's my going off. Hey, I gotta get the pizza <laughs> out of the oven. We gotta give time for Lord to, to do more talking to us than we did to Him, right? So that's being an active listener with God. We need to just allow that time for the Lord to really have a good conversation with us. And sometimes the Lord will respond immediately. Other times, you know, we have to press through a little bit, sometimes a whole lot of it. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get into that place of intercession, you know, and wait for his response. And I think the waiting sometimes is what gets us. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're like, okay, I've been praying for 18 minutes and he's not speaking. So, okay, Lord, next time. Right. <laughs> you know, I got something else to do. Yeah, it's the waiting sometimes. And I've been guilty of that too, where I don't give sufficient time because in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, I've got to do A, B, and C, you know, and it's like, I have not taken the time. You know, because God doesn't always respond immediately, like like we just said. Sure. Yeah. So that waiting can get you. Yep. And sometimes he'll respond by his word, right? Mm-hmm. He'll bring a scripture to your mind. Yeah. And so he brings a scripture to your mind, but this is the art of conversation. So we're thinking, okay, well, I'll read that when I'm, I'm, I'm done praying. No. Have your Bible right. near you or with you. Open that scripture he gave you. Read the scripture. And then... Pray, Lord, okay, I read the scripture, now speak to me through this. You know, read the, the scriptures before it and, and after mm-hmm. it. You know, read the context of the passage. And then allow God, because right many, then. many times he speaks through his, you know, the Bible, the right. Word of God. And it's not always sometimes just like uh, um, thoughts in our brain or in our conscience. You know, many times it's through the Word of God. Part of having a conversation with the Lord will many times require us to open the Bible and get in the Word of God during our prayer session. So an art of conversation with the Lord is going to be more than a now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayer here or, you know, dear Jesus, thank you for food in Jesus name. Amen. And And I think, right. And I think it's important that we point out that the Lord does speak to you in a scripture to read it right then. Because if you're like me, once I, once I'm done, (laughs) get involved in something else. And then two days later, I'll be like, oh yeah, (laughs) I never went and read that scripture, you know, which is lost. I mean, you know, it's like, Okay. Right. It's important, yes, that's a very good point, to have your Bible right there. So when a scripture does come, you can immediately look it up and ponder upon it and talk to the Lord about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the art of conversation has been definitely impeded by social media and technology, and it, it has declined, and we're trying to bring an awareness to it, a personal awareness, you know, in our worldly life and in our spiritual life and our church life, um, and definitely between our relationship you know, with our families, with our husbands and wives and brothers and sisters and children, and above all else, with the Lord. And so I've really enjoyed going through this with both of you. Thank you, Brooke, for being here with us, Sister Thanks Jody. Yeah, it's been a, it's been our pleasure. Maybe we'll have you on some more. <laughs> I think that'd be a good thing. So Jody, why don't you uh, do the outro here and get us out of here. All right. Today we have talked about the art of conversation and what it means to be an active listener, how we should be aware of how we're presenting ourselves when we're talking to people, whether it's the saints, people we don't know, people we do know, our body language, how often we're speaking versus listening. 
not only in our everyday lives, but in our prayer time with God as well. Some good stuff that we've covered today, and I hope you all enjoyed it. And we appreciate that you've taken the time to listen to today's episode here at Apostolic Anthesis. And just a reminder to check out the podcast Apostolic Truth Today by Derek McGee. It is available on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And again, we would appreciate the subscription If you want to throw a like, subscribe, leave us a comment. Smash that button. Right. (laughs) We appreciate that. We would be super grateful. Um, And again, we thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. And we hope that you will join us next time for episode four, where we will be talking about stolen sacrifices. I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. I'm Pastor Josh Aaron. I'm Brooklyn. And I am Jody Thomas. (laughs) Take care. God bless.